Hello and welcome to the Man On Podcast. I am Darren and joining me as always is Martin and Craig. How are you chaps? Yeah, not bad. Thank you, mate. Um, apart from the fantasy football, we've had a nice weekend. <laughs> Get back on the horse. I can't say that. I had a good week. So did Craig, as you can see. In fact, Craig, you beat me by one point this week, so I was devastated to take my name out of the highest score and put yours in. <laughs> yeah, my Jamie, yeah, the RB assist yesterday. I've had a couple of lucky assists, I think, yesterday, to be fair. The RB, Harlan, I think all of them were borderline debatable. Yeah, the Harlan Harlan hurt me quite a bit. Unfortunately, um, it was looking. I mean, I still scored eighty one points, which isn't terrible at all. But uh, yeah, his his two returns really did annoy me because uh, yeah, it would have been a, a much nicer rise than I got, unfortunately. And I won't even talk about what it did to me in Sky. <sighs> Jesus, I know um, I'm preaching to the wrong audience here, but when I didn't captain Salah and captain Harlan didn't said I was a little bit nervous yesterday night because I didn't think Salah would do that well. He obviously then went and scored two goals. Um, and I was out last night as well doing some family stuff. And I thought, oh, I don't want to be in a bad mood here because Harden does nothing. Um, but then they're both getting 16 points. I don't know what the stress was about. But no, so I'm, in, no. I'm in the wrong group preaching these sort of decisions this week now. Because... Well, I went Captain Watkins, so I was even more sweating. <laughs> I, could, I could have done Ferguson, which you guys potentially said to do. And that would have been even worse. Yeah, well, well, it was. I, I mean, I did. I captained Ferguson and ended up with Salah, but um, not the worst. Somehow, thing. I had I had Harland and I had Harland and Salah captain, and still only managed to get sixty-seven points somehow. So, yeah, it wasn't great. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> well, we're here today to discuss, as you can see, our transfers and thoughts and philosophies around them, bringing you something a little bit different in the in the international break. Obviously, we normally do our preview on a on a. 8pm Monday, but um, yeah, we've got one of those stupid international breaks. So to save you all from beef, you can just keep watching this over and over again. <laughs> and uh, let's jump into it. First and foremost, how do we make our transfers? What kind of manager are you? Yeah, it's a little bit of a sort of a go back almost to what we started the season with. Before game week one, obviously, we did a few of these sort of pods looking at different things. One of them was like gaining an edge. Uh, another manager's how we go about doing that. And I feel like transfers has been a big talking point in the community for the last couple of game weeks, certainly around defenders, um, even maybe a little bit around midfielders. Do we buy and sell? Do we just keep the ones we've got? I, for example, this week sold Simicast like quite a lot of people did for, for loads of points. Got Lascelles in, who got zero. I did bench him, but I did play Gwaihi instead of got one point. So I'm, I'm not really counting that as a massive win, but something. But I could, I could have had I could have had Simicast, but... I went back and asked myself afterwards, um, why did I make that transfer? Because Simicast plays for a good team. He plays at home. Um, and by looking at various metrics, it looked like if he, if, if he played, which obviously there was concerns maybe he wouldn't, um, he would have probably scored well. Now, two assists and a clean sheet and bonus and max bonus points was probably stretching it a bit. But in reality, it wasn't really an obvious sell this week, looking at it like that. And I know a few of us in the, here in, in recent game weeks have maybe look back at some of our transfers and think, why did I do that? Um, and obviously at the time it makes sense. So I, I thought I'd put a little slide together based on things that might determine how we make a transfer. And maybe we can learn something because I don't feel like I've made massively optimum transfers for most of this season, if I'm being honest. Um, probably hence why our overall rank so bad. And I'm sure you two will probably both agree that I know not every transfer is going to pay off, but some you'll look back on and think like, yeah, that, that was stupid. So 
I don't know if we can learn something here from some some sort of overall themes and maybe some some bullet points from within those that um that might help us not make the same mistakes in coming game weeks. Mm. Yeah, I mean I I took a minus 12 not so long ago if you all remember that. Personally, it, I mean I, I did get quite a few points but at the same time I, I took a minus 12 so I was 12, 12 points down anyway. But it didn't hurt me too badly that. But in hindsight there were probably better players to have got players that I thought about getting and for some reason I didn't um I can't fault my transfers this week you know I took out an injured hickey and put in Saliba you know and, and I took out uh Mbumo because I didn't think he'd his next three games or two games aren't great you know he had Liverpool I didn't think that he'd do that great against Liverpool and, and lo and behold he didn't and I bought in Bowen who scored uh and you know we talked about it on Monday's pod that you know potentially Bowen could be going through the middle and and, and that that happened so I got what I wanted from my transfers this week and it, and it felt like a a good decision you know Saliba scored that's not gonna happen every week but that was nice added bonus um but yeah, I, I completely understand what you're trying to say here in regards to can I can I learn anything? Yeah, that 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 word mm. planning in big is is massive for me. Yeah, I, I don't want to label this pod as, 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 as a help Darren pod, but I think you you're probably guilty of some of these things more than us. Though. So it doesn't necessarily mean you're it it's going to go wrong. Um, well, but some no. of the things on here, the hits, um, yeah. the short term punts, I always feel like you're more liable than me and Martin to be lured lured into doing those things i i i agree to you i i agree absolutely and, and when we started talking about this pod today and designing it and etc etc and, and you you came up with some ideas and, and messaged us I, I did think to myself i'm really guilty of a few of the things we talk about but at the same time i'm also i was also ranked the highest out of all of us up until to, to this week where i think craig you are now ahead of me by two points on total um but the whole the whole season up until now it, it's been me out in front so although i'm guilty of it yeah strange although i'm guilty of it i still haven't i haven't taken wild punts so previously yeah you're, you're probably right craig i probably would have taken previous seasons some ridiculous hell marys um really but this year I, I do feel apart from the minus 12 which i do think could have been planned a little better not to say the people i didn't bring in haven't returned they they, they certainly have um but yeah with a bit better planning it could have been even even, even better mm. um but it's paid off so far a, a couple of my minuses mm. any strong thoughts think, Martin, before we go into each bit i think for me i think my problem this season has been i've not sort of i've not really done one thing or the other in terms of playing for the here and now and planning ahead. Like some weeks I've thought, oh, sod it, I'm going to attack the game weeks in front of me. And other weeks I've thought, oh, I'll do this because it will be good for the longer term. So it's it's kind of resulted in me ending up with a bit of a mishmash of a team where I've got probably one too many or a couple too many sort of unreliable players that now have maybe got brilliant fixtures mixed with a couple of maybe more dependable players, but it's all just a bit of a mishmash. I've been trying to like, just, like figure out what's going wrong. So if you think, if I think about like Sky and Dream Team, mm. like we haven't been playing Sky that long, but I'd say, you know, early days, I'm a fairly solid Sky player. And in Dream Team, I'm playing for the first time this year and it's going really well. And I'm trying to think why that is. And I think 
I think it's just a different format. So in Sky, it, it's, it's very much a strategy game, right? So I think for me, I'm disciplined in, you know, always being able to think ahead. Um, and then in Dream Team, you get two transfers for a week, per week instead of one. So I can use one transfer to think ahead and I can use one transfer to attack the game weeks in front of me and that kind of works. Mm. Whereas with FPL, I think... I think I'm I'm guilty of often ending up with sort of no, yeah. As, as I say, just a bit of a mishmash. Like one week I'll attack the game week in front of me, another week I'll do something for the long term, and it's I struggle to get like a cohesive season together okay. um, in FPL, and I'm and I'm not sure what I can do to fix that really. But it's just uh, it's just something about the game that I don't know. Maybe doesn't suit the way I want to do things. I don't know. Well, does do that you- make sense? It, it does, but bounce, bouncing off that dream team to transfers a week thing, do, do you think that potentially, I mean, obviously dream team, we should point out, as you did to me the other day, like it does incorporate Europe and, and Champions League, etc. Mm. So players, you, you're going to pick players really only that are in the Champions League in Europe as well. But regardless, excuse me, regardless of that, do you, could you take their two transfers a week and, and apply it to FPL where you literally make two transfers, roll, two transfers role and, and maybe work it that way. Yeah, I have considered that. I have considered that point or even um, or even uh, has it taught me that I'm a manager that should be taking more hits than I do? Should I actually be taking more hits? Because with two transfers a week in Dream Team, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much nailing it, right? So if I did the same thing in FPL, um, then maybe the hits would be worth it. Maybe taking hits would suit me. I mean... Um, and the fact I'm reluctant to do it holds me back. I don't know, maybe. Have you been picking very different players across all the games, Martin? Or is it the same players with different points for different things have meant that in certain games some players have done well and not so well in others? Or have you viewed them as different games and hence different players suit the different formats? I think it is similar players. Like it is um it is slightly different. Like I've got Douglas Louise in Dream Team, for example, because you know you get points for like tackles, for example. But it is largely like I mean I go through similar decision processes in all of the games, right? So, um, so yeah, it's an interesting one. I don't know what I just I just can't seem to get a decision right in FPL this season, and I think it's and I, I, I think it's that thing. Like I say, it's a lack of a cohesive idea of what I'm trying to achieve over a block of time. Whereas in the other formats, it's easier for me to kind of formulate that picture. I think in FPL, that one transfer a week, the rigid the rigidity of that, and the sort of limited the limited ways to score points sort of leads me to make brash decisions, I think. But um uh hello to Wavy Wavy, hello to D Hero 016 and, and Spartans, obviously Spartans. And Spartans has asked, please can Craig and Martin be honest and explain to Darren why taking out Mbumo, probably one of the best value assets in the game, for Brentford's great run 14 onwards is a strange transfer. I took him out for the <laughs> next run of two or three. He's going back in for the good run. Like don't don't get me wrong. You, you come, <laughs> we'll come to this in a minute. He's not gone long term. Okay, it was just the punt for Bowen, and it worked um, so far. Uh, but he will probably be returning to my team, as as you'll see. Um, but you're right. But get, think about that, Martin. You could like as I as I mentioned before we we started here. Like I've taken hits, and I was still quite high up, and, and the highest out of us. So potentially what you could do there is you could take a minus four when you've got two transfers. So in actual fact, you've got three. Um, yeah. That might be a good way to, you know, set it up and attack the fixtures. And yeah. that, that's not a bad it might, thing. 
it might be that that's my playing style because if you think of like managers like 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 Mark Southerns for example he's a very aggressive manager right he'll take minus eights and minus twelves if he thinks that they're going to work out if you think if like um like Luke Disable as well like he's the kind of manager that will do that kind of thing when he feels it's right and maybe maybe I need to be a bit more more like that with FPL because say in the other formats where you do have a bit more freedom with your transfers I do tend to do better in them. So maybe maybe I need to get the kind of minus points out of my mind a bit in FPL. Maybe maybe that's what I need to do. I don't know. Minus is not a dirty word, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, normally I've done very well quite early on at falling into sort of eight, nine players, the base template, even from game week one, or by worst case, sort of that early wild card that I've tended to play game week sort of five sort of time means that I'm on that sort of safe group of eight, nine players you always want. And they, they mm. stand out now in our team. Saka, Son, Salah, Haaland, um, players like that. There's the eight, nine that are in most people's teams. And then I use the rest of my squad to sort of then use on my transfers to try and target fixtures or try and target price rises or or things like that to just improve my squad value. But the core group of players is there that you know is going to get you a consistent at least consistent in terms of average each week. And then it's the players around that that then do better. This year, I didn't land on that players that group of players from the start. I thought I was quite well organised going into game week one, but mm. for various reasons, I wasn't on much of that template. Then I didn't play my wild card very early, so I didn't give me a chance to get onto that template very quickly. I then persevered with players who weren't performing, but felt like they should. I had Martinelli for a long time. I had Rashford and Bruno for a long time. And you can say that's bad luck that we we hung on for so long because fixtures tended to be quite good. And now I feel like I'm I'm where I normally am around this point. I've I wild carded game week ten. I've wild carded into that safe group of eight nine players. I've got a couple of flexi players around that that allow me transfers. Um, and now I'm I'm going into passage of the season now. With I've got two free transfers currently. I've got a very steady squad currently. No, no big issues to deal with. And it's just taken me to a game week 10, game week 11 to get to a point that I'm normally at by a worst case or game week five. And yep. those extra five, six weeks of punishment, if you want to call it that, because I kept getting red arrows while, while I was waiting to wildcard, meant that I just carried on dropping and dropping. And we, we've obviously spoken before where our ranks, uh, how low we dropped. I feel like I'm on the path to redemption now and a route back to sort of top 100k or something. But yeah. that's the, I don't think I've done loads massively differently. It's just, it's taken me a bit longer to sort myself out, I think, this year for, yeah. for whatever reason. And that makes sense to me. That's kind of what I'm saying because it's a similar story for me. Like, right, I started with Richarlison, stuck with him for far too long. I had him as well. Yeah, another one. Add, <laughs> add Rashford, stuck with him too long. Yeah. You know, it's, it's only in FPL, it's only in this format that I will put up with underperformers for so long. And I think it is just that one transfer a week thing. In other formats, they're out. It's like now this isn't working, then and they're gone. Uh, so, uh, so, 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 why, why am I reluctant to do that in FPL? It's definitely because patience is a big word in FPL, Martin. It's a terrible <laughs> word. That is a dirty word. Um, yeah. uh, in Dream Team, do you have eleven or fifteen? Eleven. Yeah, maybe, you only have maybe eleven as well. I think that's part of it as well because you can't yeah. afford to have a passenger, right? You think oh, he's a passenger? I can't afford that. He's got to go. Yeah, yeah. That, I think that's definitely going to play a part because both Sky and um, Dream Team have have elevens, not not fifteen. Yeah, I think that yeah. uh, I struggle a little bit with subs and stuff all the time. Like as, as I always say to you and and everyone, I always want a strong bench. I, again, I did it this year, and, and and I've come around to thinking maybe maybe I don't need somebody 
all the time. Like very rare this year have I delved into my bench really. Um, I don't accidentally play my bench boost and get Simakos on it, you know. Should we move Maybe on to bitter, the- Darren. I started Simakas. I started him. <laughs> I think you would have done that this week, Darren, accidentally used your bench boost. If you hadn't already played it, I think the fact you already played it meant you couldn't play yeah. it by accident this yeah, week. I would have accidentally, I've never accidentally played a chip in my 20 odd years or whatever it is. Um, so let's have well, a look. Let's go back. We haven't talked oh. very much of those points on there. We probably should just go through some of them. So go for it. Two questions really for, for, for both of you. I'll answer as well that when we're trying to sell a player, what what are we looking at? A player that we generally regard as the weakest player in our squad because they play for a bad team, but we're relying on playing them. Is it a frustrating player? Like, well, probably it's not because we've kept the Man United players for so long. Mm-hmm. Or is it someone who's, who's underperforming? I think there's a difference between frustrating and underperforming. Underperforming is good stats, but maybe not delivering on them. Frustrating yeah. is someone that's just not having the stats that they should have. So it's probably a good place to, to start is when you're trying to improve your squad or make transfer. Which player are you looking to change? I'm guessing it's from one of those three categories. Do you, do yeah, you know, yeah, it, it it is, and 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 I think where we fall down, or I certainly do, is we should probably be looking to change our weakest player, but a lot of us do change our most frustrating player because he's frustrating because we know there's all the promise there and he should be delivering. And it's a bit like that game of um, United played earlier in the season when I held Bruno. And honestly, he had like three or four through balls. He hit the bar, he hit the post. It was literally like he should have been like a double point, huge haul. And it was frustrating. And the next thing I wanted to do was get fucking rid of him. And it wasn't the right idea. He wasn't my weakest player. He was just my most frustrating. And I think that is definitely a factor. We should get rid of our weakest, but we absolutely look to get rid of our most frustrating. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think I said it as one of my rules in pre-season in the end, and I'm I don't know how well I've stuck to it, but one of the rules I set myself was consider who you need to take out before you consider who you need to bring in. Because there's a there's a tendency, isn't there, to think, oh, I've got to get this player in. And then you end up taking someone out that's actually fairly decent because you're focused on the in rather than the out. Really good one, um, actually, yeah. But So it's the same same thing as what you're saying, really, Darren. But um, Yeah, no, it's good. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I think I, th- I, think I agree with Darren. It, Ideally, you want to look at who your actual weakest player is um, and then consider that before you consider anything else, I think. The, 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 the problem with the weakest player is nine times out of ten, it is also going to be probably one of your cheaper players as well. Um, and that's mm. where we also get stuck. Like, I can't get X, Y or Z in because I don't have the funds by removing my weakest player. Therefore, I go to my most, most frustrating player and free up, free up that cash. Um, and maybe that's not the way to look at it. Maybe it's worth rolling a week, getting two transfers. Yeah. He can deal with both. Or you, you you could, but then 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 like our next thing of the, the the you know the the buy based fixtures will come into play. Yes, I could do it next week, but this week so and so's got Luton, so I I kind of want him in because <laughs> the week after he's only got you know let's say someone, ever you know Everton something like that, a bit more mid table who who could do something. So it's a little bit it's a little bit uh, tricky when it comes to that, like. Ideally, you'd want two transfers a week, Martin. But um, mm. yeah, you don't. Sometimes it's like, I need to get this player in now because they're playing against Luton. But to do it, I've got to remove somebody who's actually probably a good asset this week and keep the one who's probably not because he's cheaper. That's what we get our, what ourselves stuck with. Jumping into Biobase then, how influenced are we by who did well last week? Does it play on your mind at all? 
how influenced are you by just the next game week rather than the next handful of game weeks? And do you use any sort of analysis to to make a transfer? Do you look at uh, eye test and things like that? Do you do you, how, how do you buy your players? Is it, is it an influence from the past that um, look ahead one week or? I, I, I tend got, to. Yeah, go on, Martin. You go. Oh, so, yeah. I was going to say. I think. Um, again, this is where I've fallen down a little bit this year. Where in other years it maybe does a little bit better because, like, the way the way to climb the ranks in any fantasy game is to buy is to buy a player that's about to do well right before everybody else does. If you can, if you can, um, if you can be on the next template before everybody else, right? So I think. So I think I'm pretty good at. Um, not buying players just based on past performance and thinking, well, all right, well, they haven't done that well so far, but there's reasons for that. And actually over this next run, I think they could, they could do really well. Um, so Look I at someone like Eze there thing. for that top one. Yeah. Now. So Eze mm. underperformed most of the season, probably more frustrating than failing, a lot of good metrics, but we didn't go near him because there was nothing backing it up. Just done well in the last game week. Next, next couple of fixtures look fairly handy for him. Is he someone that you would be looking to get in now? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's the right kind of example. Um, and it is it is the kind of players I look for. Um, like, I mean, it didn't work out, but I bought Evan Ferguson this week, right? Because I thought, well, he's got some good, he's got some good fixtures now and he, he can be explosive. Obviously, he's turned out he was injured. Um, but, you know, the principle of it is there. Um, and similar with like Hoyland as well. I've had Hoyland because I thought, well, all right, he hasn't scored a league goal yet, but he's got some really good fixtures coming up. Um, so it could it could do well. It's just stuff like that's just not working out this year. But I do tend to definitely think more about um, you know what could happen next rather than what's already happened. Yeah, I'm the same, definitely. Yeah, I I don't look back very often i look forward these days i i've probably been guilty in the past of maybe looking at like you know the who did well last week so they might do well this week but that's rarely the case unless it's one of the real big premiums um you know harlan seller etc who returns most weeks but um yeah I, i'm definitely much better at planning multiple fixtures ahead these days i'm very guilty of analysis picking this year as well maybe that's to my detriment but i'm trying to use I test and heat maps and formation matchups and things to try and make picks based on where there's going to be an advantage that someone else may not have seen that doesn't get picked up on regular content. Um, that doesn't seem to be working too well either right now, but it, it, just because Zane Buemo had quite what I thought was quite a good matchup this week. I think he had two really good chances uh, in the game against Liverpool and happened to miss them both. But if one of those goes in, then he's not a bad pick again, is he? But... I am trying to focus a bit more on that again, again this year. I, I pay no attention to what's happened in the past. I'm solely based on what promises could happen mm. in, in the next couple of weeks. Just moving on to the tools, I don't think any of us are massively guilty of these things, so we don't copy any other content creators, but some people are lazy and, and do make transfers like that. So, so um, I don't so think quite a few uh, content creators copying content creators post today. And Twitter. <laughs> that, was, that was the first International Day beef. Was uh, who are yeah. these content creators and why are they copying each other? They've got exactly the same team. It was, it was like, okay, what's the point? That's no yeah, fun. We're, we're not sucked in by colours on fixture tickers. I don't think we're really bad for looking at review sites for recommendations. They've obviously got various plans, I think, on those review sites that best moves for next two weeks, best moves for next four weeks, etc. I think you can, can put you. the settings in as you want. 
Yeah. Um, but I don't think we we really use that to dictate our transfers. I don't think any of us are guilty with that. But a lot of people do use those things to make their next transfers. I think Simicas out was quite common on a few of those review sites this week, mm. <laughs> which is quite ironic. This next one's planning is quite a good one for Cole Palmer, I think, right now. So he's obviously gone up already from 4.9 the other week. He had bad fixtures when he was 4.9, but a couple of penalties and some decent underlying numbers as well, but mainly the penalties have meant he's already gone up to 5.1. He's going to be near a 6 million by the end of the season, quite clearly, I think. I wouldn't be surprised if by game week 38, he's 6 million, Cole Palmer. I think his mm-hmm. price rise could carry on going up at that sort of level, especially in a couple of weeks when Chelsea's fixtures get better. He also ticks the box for freeing up funds. That's the reason I sold Simicast this week. If it down to the cells freed me up 0.5, that means I can now do Matoma to Embuemo in a couple of weeks. So I was doing it for a longer term plan, but that's another way we might make transfers to free up funds and Palmer would definitely do that for a lot of us. And then a bit like what you were saying here, Darren, around in Waymo. So a player in a suboptimal week, if you if you and, and Martin to you to be fair, get ahead of the curve as well. Someone like Cole Palmer, we know we want him in three, four weeks. Chelsea's fixtures get better in three, four weeks. For now, we're still looking at it and thinking, oh no, he's got three bad fixtures, the penalties won't carry on. But in a couple of weeks, he might be 5.4 or something. Yeah. And we're still be happy to buy him because that's still quite cheap. But do we have to be a bit more sort of set up to maybe make a transfer in a week ahead of maybe when the best fixtures are? In is another one. I know you've just sold him, Darren, because yeah, on paper, two, three bad games. And I don't disagree with that. But we know we've got to want him back. Mm. Would, would it make sense to just get him in this week so we've got him? Or are we waiting to see if he gets injured before we truly want him? Um or- no, it's, it's 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 all good stuff. I mean, I think I think what I've got better at this week, this this year, sorry, is 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 the planning part. Like that's where I, I step in, and I think for me, I've already got access points. You know, I, I bought in Bowen. I know Bowen's going to be leaving again. Um, I've got Diaby. I know Diaby's leaving. It's like, but the thing with Cole Palmer is, yeah, he was cheap, but you're right, he's climbing and climbing. And there's going to get to eventually a time when he's like the late five point, maybe five point eight, maybe six, like you mentioned, and that's when it'll it'll start to it, people will start to to slow down on him. Um, you've got Christopher and Cuckoo coming back as well. That might impact his minutes. So it's one of those things. Actually, it's a bit it's a bit dodgy for him um, in in that respect. But yeah, no. Uh, I think with planning, you kind of got to have a few transfers in in mind. If you're going to get somebody in, I think you need a potential exit strategy as well these days, um, and that's what I've been doing this this year. Like we'll come into a, a slide, some slides in a moment, I think, um, where I've I, I, I've got ideas in my mind of potential exit strategies. Now I can't, <clears throat> you know, predict who's going to go up, who's going to get down in value, for instance, but. Personally, uh, I think you keep a bit of money in the bank and you should be okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's difficult. <laughs> not going to say. It's not... I've played this a lot less this year. I haven't made my transfers based on price changes. In years gone by, I'd look at who was going up yeah. and down each night and think, I'm going to want this player soon. I'll just get them now because they might be 0.3 more. And if you do that successfully with five or six players, you've got two million extra to, to spend come the end of the season. I haven't played like that this year. My team value suffered for it. We'll see if my overall rank suffers for it by game week 38. Um, and players in suboptimal weeks feels, feeds into that, right? Because mm. it, it's especially with so much content around these days, and we, we play a part in this, obviously, that when in Buenos fixtures get good, everyone will be shouting from the rooftops about him. He might get a double price rise in that week. By moving one week early, we, deal, we get him before all of that goes on. 
should we be doing more of that and looking at a player we, we're definitely going to want? I think he's quite good. Them two are quite good examples in Waymo and um, and Palmer. I saw Flapjack FPL um, put a tweet out earlier today saying, how long till we get a template midfield of Salah, Saka, Son, Mbwemo and Palmer? And I do think that's where the game's heading towards those five no. players. By sort of game week 16, I think that will be the midfield five for a lot of people. Mm. Oh. That's the, that's I was the literally going to say part of my uh, I was literally going to say part of my dilemma over this international break is I think that's the midfield five I want and um, you know how quickly do I need to get there and what order do I do it in it, so, well, that, that, um, that, yeah. that, that's the thing for me like you've said that and I looked at this earlier and, and for me it's kind of heading that way but I, and I already have Salason Saka but I've got Bowen and Diaby I'm going back to Mbumo the other one I'm looking at is I want to be slightly different or the Cole Palmer one. And, and I'm, I might punt Sterling for the Chelsea run. Like it's great, but if everyone ends up with the same five midfield, you ain't, you are, you, you know, you're not pulling any differentials. You, you're just relying on a better captaincy or potentially strikers and the strikers will soon become very template as well. Mm. And, and that, that becomes a problem because, you know, I, I'm not, rank one i'm not rank 10k i'm not 100k do you know what i mean I, I i need to catch these people and to catch them i've got to go different so it probably is mm. maybe the most optimum five but I, I can't go for it because i need i need i need differential i think on that though we're we're we, we can all be guilty sometimes of um thinking the twitter bubble is bigger than it is even if even if it feels like everyone on twitter has got that midfield five i bet it's less than three percent of the game that would have that exact five. It would be less than 3%, I'd wager. I've done it on some of these like projector sites and stuff before. I think there's a couple of them, I don't know which one it is, where you can type in like four player names and it tells you the percentage of the game that have that group. And you can mm. type in like Harlan, Salah and Trippier or something. And it's a lot lower percentage of players than you think. And that's a really popular yep. three players, right? And yep. it's still... And if we're talking about a whole five-man midfield, I agree it'll probably be quite low. Um, I say in our case, mine. I think I'm heading towards that midfield five as well. I say, is is when do we do it? Do we wait till the actual good fixtures of Imbuimo and Palmer and whoever else you don't have, or do you just do it now? Yeah, because you know that's where you're going. The players will be cheaper yeah. if you get them now. Well, that's it. Like I want to start doing it this week. I think so. You know, say it's just what order do you do you do it in? Do I do I get him? I think it's probably Imbuimo. Like home to Arsenal, that doesn't that doesn't really put me off. I don't think Arsenal. It, you know, home home to Arsenal. Who's who's Palmer? Who's Palmer got um, next? Um, um, it'll be on the next slide. Boom! Uh, Newcastle <laughs> away. Newcastle away. Okay. Yeah. So I'd be selling out any Gordon. I think first. So I'd probably do Embuemo to uh, Gordon to Embuemo. I think. And then um, and then yeah, James McAtee will come up to Cole Palmer in a couple of weeks. I'd have to sell one of my forwards. You know, uh, Hoyland and. Ferguson, one of those would have to go down to an Archer or a Semenyo. And then, um, and then yeah, so McAtee up to Cole Palmer and that's it. I've got the other three. So it's only, it's, it should only take me three weeks even without hits to get to that five. It's just deciding what order to do it in. But I think I'm happy to buy Mbwemo this week, this next week coming, I think. Might be something to think about when everyone's doing it next week or whatever it is very soon and no one wants to make their transfers early in the game week everyone's waiting for team news on the Friday and mm. before you know it he's gone up point two because he's the hot topic of the week because he's got a good run of four fixtures just by getting in one week early for a player that takes penalties with with a home game essentially saving yourself mm. like point three or something just by 
say you run the risk he gets injured the week before you actually want him. But I think they're the sort of things this year we might need to be a bit... Like, I'm as guilty as anyone for waiting till the end of the game week now, waiting till the actual week when whatever player I'm looking at, the fixture run looks like it's going to start. Could we mm. move a bit quicker? We don't need to go back a slide down. There's just some thoughts there on, on hits and sort of on EO and ownership. Does that dictate what we're doing each week? Uh, it did for me in the past, not so much this year. Hits, I'm not as keen. But I did like the comment you and the chat you and Martin was having earlier about maybe is a a play style for each manager. And this is where we need to work out what sort of manager we are, whether we want to be, be doing that each week. It could work. I'm I'm sure there's people doing very well right now. Probably already taken like a minus thirty two in hits or something through the opening yeah. eleven twelve game weeks. I haven't taken that many. Um, do you want to move on from the next fixtures as well? Yeah, just highlighting here. If we get stuck by a green, we'll all be bringing in Burnley players and Nottingham Forest players and things. So. Yeah, kind of highlight how drawn are we to the ticker? Yeah, that's the thing. I, I don't think I don't think we are. Like, I, I mean, I, I use it as a little bit of a guide, but you kind of by this time you've kind of made up your own mind on who's who's at the top and who's at the bottom. You know, um, you know, Sheffield United have got Bournemouth next and Burnley that are both green. Well, you know, Bournemouth's not doing terrible. So, yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I yeah, it's a, it's a pinch of salt this these days, isn't it? <laughs> Again, it's it's not just um, it's not just for for you to decide who's going to do well and who's not it's also to um to predict what everybody else is going to do right like like craig was just saying you can you can often predict what everybody else is going to do and i think the the fdr does help you with or for me it helps me with that more than it helps me make my own decisions if that makes sense the fdr helps me predict what everyone else is going to do and who might go up and who might go down who's going to be mass sold this week who's who's everybody going to be buying in two weeks time I think it is helpful for that because a lot of people do just follow it. So Bournemouth, Sheffield United, big, big Dom Solanke, move on. <laughs> this is my team. It's my big face there. Um, yeah, it's difficult to know what what I'm going to do. I, I, I personally, like this is my team going into the to next week. Uh, sorry, well, two weeks in it. Um, and personally, I'm thinking of rolling because uh, ideally I, I'm looking at Liverpool Obviously, they've got a great run coming up. So I kind of want Darwin for that run. I'm very annoyed that Evan Ferguson has not been the starlight I thought he would for the Brighton run, really. Um, so Ferguson. But there's a glaring error here, and that's that I don't have Haaland. So eventually, after Liverpool's lovely run, he's going to have to come out. Salah is going to have to come out. And um, Haaland's going to have to go back in. There's no way to work these two in at the same time unless potentially losing somebody like Son and, and yeah, maybe maybe a Bowen or a Diaby or something like that. Um, I don't mind my team the way it is for, for, for going into to the, uh, to, in two weeks' time. But the, 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 what I'm looking at at the moment, uh, to give any, everybody an idea, is I'm looking at getting rid of Diaby and Bowen, potentially to Sterling and Mbwemo at this moment. But... I wouldn't be put off Anthony Gordon as well because Newcastle do have some nice fixtures coming up. And that also goes to say Watkins and Alvarez and Ferguson don't have... So you're saying two mids with good fixtures for the foreseeable Aston Villa and West Ham to get Sterling and Embuemo, who at least this week have got 
we're, yeah, we're talking two or three weeks time, basically two weeks time. Like the, for next fixture, I'm not, I'm not, I think I'm going to roll. So I'll probably be doing what exactly what I advise Martin to potentially do is do is, is roll this week, have two transfers, make a minus, take a minus four and do three. And that will probably be around, you know, uh, I might, or maybe I'll do two that week. I, I don't know the, the, the fixture date. I need to sit down and actually plot it. But personally, like, I, I, the RB and Watkins fixtures, I think, change quite considerably, and there's a bit of money used up in them. The RB hasn't returned as I, I really thought he would, so I do think I'll, I'll, I'll be getting rid of both of them. And like I said, I'm looking at Darwin and Embuemo, or potentially, um, uh, what's the other midfielder I said? Sterling for the Chelsea run that's coming up. Um, How far away I wonder you are, Darren? If you did Bowen down to Palmer, the RB to Embuemo is a similar price change. I get that. So if you if you look to try and get Watkins, for example, up to Harland, yeah, I can do it. it but, I, I think I could do it if I took Bowen down to uh, Anthony Garden, uh, Anthony Garden, Anthony Gordon, <laughs> put the RB down to Cole Palmer, for instance. Then yeah, I probably wouldn't be a million miles off. You probably by the time you manage to orchestrate that though with a couple of hits and a couple of free transfers seller will be off to afcon right <laughs> so, so you won't be uh yeah that that is a really another big fixture and, and liverpool's run liverpool have that great run of three and then man city come into a really good run and that it was always my plan i think we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago on a previous pod that salah would again be downgraded and, and and one of the strikers upgraded to harland and they would swap again i always had that in mind um so that's still that's still still the plan, I think. Um it'll be Salah to Haaland at one point, Diaby and Bowen to Embuemo and um Sterling for Chelsea's run. But then maybe after that it will be like you mentioned, maybe again down to Cole Palmer or Anthony Gordon because Newcastle have a run. So I'm basically following where the teams have runs at the moment, but I've got to be careful not to just make all these transfers at once and take loads of minuses. I think I can plan it to limit those. Um, You'll be yeah. quite lucky, Darren, in the sense everyone with Haaland and Salah, which is me and Martin here, when he goes off to Afcon, we've then got decisions to make what we do with the Salah money. You obviously haven't got that predicament because you can just move it to Haaland. No, but for me and Martin, I think it's going to be there's going to be a big big pot of money sat there that we're probably going to want to spend and feel like we can improve X and Y with, and then Salah will come back like after a month. There's enough game weeks in there to think I don't want to leave that amount of money just sat in my bank to then reverse the transfer like three, four weeks down the line. So I think that'll be quite a, an interesting part of the season for people with both, whether they uh, hold that money back or not. Yeah, difficult one. Okay, that's me. My decisions. You. Yeah, well, which which we could have probably flicked onto. Uh, so when do I get <laughs> back? Um, in a couple of weeks when, when Liverpool's run sort of finishes. I think it's around 18, 19. Does that sound right? I think. Um, that's when Harlan comes back in, I think, for me. I think there's, Harlan's good there's, there's, 16, there's a, I think. He's got Lumen. That's right. That There's a crossover, a slight yeah, crossover 16. between the two. Yeah, I think that's when that's going to happen. Um, is selling Ferguson to Darwin just switching one minute's risk for another? Possibly, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I'd say that's why I'm a little bit torn on Darwin at the moment, but I did want him for the next run of three they've got. Um, after Man City, I should say. Um, Same way as what people did this week. Anyone that moved Simicast to Livramento, they basically sold a defender with, who was a minutes risk for a good team, thinking, oh, I don't like that. He might miss games. Then bought another defender in who was a minutes risk for a good team. So I don't know if they're advisable transfers, those ones that you get rid of someone because they're frustrating for the reason in their case that they're a minutes risk. 
and then replace them. Like when I said Matoma for a while, he's obviously quite frustrating because Brighton seem to be rotating left, right and centre every game week right now. So it doesn't really make sense for me to be frustrated with Matoma, want to sell him and then buy someone else who's equally likely to be rotated. They're the sort of transfers I'm going to try not to do to... It's not learn from your mistakes and such because those military players can still return, right? But it's it's not going to cure the frustration in your team and the frustration you have with your team each week that X player is frustrating me because he doesn't play enough minutes. And then you go and buy someone else who's just as likely to be identical to that. So, yeah, maybe Darwin from Ferguson. If you've got enough solid players in your squad that are safe minutes around it, maybe that one, two punt spots for minutes risks is okay. But... Mm. Again, it's down to manager style again, I guess, with that one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it is. And, and and we've already alluded to it. I like Sterling, but do I just get Palmer to save funds? Uh, that's going to be a future thing. Uh, and do I go back to Embomo again? Well, as, as Spartans rightly pointed out, he's probably the best asset in the game at the moment. Uh, value asset anyway. So I always had a plan to go back to him after this. It was just Bowen for a couple. Um, and so far, so good. And that's me. Um, yes, it's my team next then. So, yeah, we've already touched on. I want to get to the midfield five that we discussed. So, and Wemo and Palmer in um, for Gordon and McAtee. That's also going to involve a striker move. So, yeah, as we touched on, it's just what order do I do it in? You know, do I sell Do I sell Hoyden this week for, you know, for the cheaper striker? Um, you know, because could arguably play McAtee this, this week at home to Bournemouth, maybe, that, you know. Um, or do I just go and get Mbwemo for Gordon now? Gordon's got Chelsea at home. Um, so, yeah, that's the kind of decisions, really. And when I've done that as well, it will also give me a bit more money um, for that back three if I want it. So, yeah, I mean, Gabriel, Livermento, and Cash, it's not the most it's not the most reliable back three, let's say. Um, Cash has been very disappointing in recent weeks, um, I'd say, and... Uh, yeah, I think Gabriel will be fine. I mean, it was obviously frustrating that he got rested the other week, but I think generally it will be all right. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's that really. What what order do I make those moves to get that midfield five? I think the other thing as well is um, Semenyo or Archer. I think if Semenyo is going to play enough minutes, then I think Semenyo is a better pick than Archer. But, um, yeah, it's just whether he's going to play enough. Maybe it doesn't matter, really matter. Like, I don't know how many minutes, how many times they'll actually be in the team, but. Um, the other thing that annoys me about this squad is I've got Flecken is taking up money on the bench that I don't really need. Uh, there's a game against Luton in a couple of weeks, to be fair, where I, where I will start him, um, and I'll have the Flecken Pinnock double up at home to Luton in a couple of weeks. Um, so I suppose it's not too bad, but it's a, it's a bit unnecessary maybe because I think Ariola's got quite a good fixtures for, for a fair while now, um, but it's not stopping me from what I want to do. But it's not a million miles away from the next available wild card as well, is it? So again, it's how how quickly do I want to get to that? What I see as the optimum team as well. Do I want to just take it one move at a time, one week at a time, or is it worth taking a hit or two just to get there quicker? Um, I hadn't really yeah, seen your team uh, until today, Martin, for a few weeks. If I'm being honest, and I, I thought you was in worse shape than you are. You've got the four mm. key players in there. Gordon's a perfectly fine other mid. I say the two strikers you could arguably argue should be one slightly better one and one inferior one, like you said, Semenyo yeah. for the inferior one. And then you can get that fifth mid, whether it's Palmer, whether it's one of the six and a half, but it's in Boimo. Your defence probably ain't that different to the bulk of the squads I see, really. So you're as you say, you're only about three moves away probably from having a squad that's very, very similar to 
to most other people, whoever you want that right now, if you're trying to chase rank. Yeah. Uh, different. But, you know, I thought you had a lot more sort of mayhem in your squad than this. Mayhem? No. That's, that's, like, like I said at the beginning, I was, I've, you know, I've reflected on it quite hard. I'm trying to pinpoint, like, why is this season going so badly? And it is. It is fine margins. Like, I haven't been, I haven't been miles off it. Like at any point, I don't think. Just been a little bit too patient with a couple of a couple of players. Um, and yeah, fine margins. But okay, should we have a look at your your uh, little muddles? Yeah. So best route to get to Embuemo. Um, I say I think I think my preferred option in my head at the moment is just to get him in for Gordon this week. Um, do I need to transition to uh three five two? I think yeah, that is that is the way I'm heading. Um and then if yes, who's my, who's the best second striker? So yeah, I've talked about um, you know, downgrading someone to Semenyo there. So is it Hoyland or is it Ferguson? Um I think I've I've got enough money to keep either one of them, I think. I'm pretty sure. Um so which one do I prefer to keep? Or do I Hoyland's gonna play every game, right? Yeah, yeah. Hoyland's gonna play every game. So I think that probably is the that probably is the move, and um, especially if I'm you know content with my relatively cheap back three that I've got. Yeah, um, I, I think that's I, what I, that's I, what that's what it will come down to. Like if I want to get if I want to get you know like a I mean he's injured now, but let's say let's say if I wanted to get like Saliba and um, Saliba and a Kanji or something back in the defence, then it would probably have to be Hoyland that goes rather than Ferguson, for example. Who's injured now? Stones. Did he get in? Did he get injured? John Stones is out for a bit, so, yeah. Yeah, Stones yeah, did, yeah. yeah, sorry. And I thought you I thought you went Saliba injured. I was like, what? No, no. <laughs> um, are you happy with Livermento and Gabriel? I think I think Gabriel would be fine. Um say so I know it was annoying that he got rested at home to Sheffield United, but I think I think in general he'll be okay. He'll be he's a solid enough pick. Um Livermento, I only bought him this week, so that didn't didn't go not not a brilliant start, but again, I think he's gonna play enough games. Yeah, um, I mean, they've got know, so many injuries. Right it was, a, and to be fair, after Livermento started on the right wing in in Europe, I think it was a really good good shout to go for it. If you had the transfer there to do it, you know, it could it could have paid off. It was unfortunate. Um, how, how do we feel about having Palmer and a four point five striker currently? Because if you look at it from a purely budget perspective, that's two cheap players. When we've got, we probably want to play one of them every week. Is Palmer hmm. that good now that he, he's just a set and forget you play him every game and forget about? No. Him? No, pers- personally, I don't think he's so good that he's a set and forget. Like, I wouldn't be playing it if I had him. He, I probably wouldn't play him against things like Liverpool, City. Just, I just wouldn't sort of away games against bigger teams. I probably wouldn't. He's not going to get a penalty every week. That was my that's why I'm quite glad I haven't owned him. So I think I could have quite conceivably benched him against Tottenham and Man City the last two weeks and missed all of his points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think there's anyone I would have played him over. So it's a bit disappointing. The one, the one, the one thing I want to say to you guys at the moment is: Is Son returning enough for his price? I just thought about this because uh, I was looking at it earlier, and I thought, do you know what, Son, Son is annoying me. He's like nine million or nine-ish, I don't remember, but he's not returning as much as I'd like, um, and it's a lot of money used up. And that was another another a way for me to get him down, get one of the other people up to um, Harland, and keeping Salah at the same time. Is is he a set and forget? I kind of think he is at the moment. Um, might have to see how Tottenham get on. Obviously, they've they've had a load of injuries and suspensions all at once, which isn't ideal. Not helping, no. I get um, that. I'm not going to overreact to that Wolves away game because we've spoken on this pod, 
Yeah, again. Um, few, yeah. Although actually, you know, Wolves away is, is quite a difficult game and um, they've played sort of all the top teams at home now and nobody's nobody's gone there and run away with it apart from Brighton. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think he represents good value. He's a talisman in, an, in a really attacking team. Um, and I think he's one of those players that you take him out and then he'll score he'll score like six goals in in uh, three games or something and you think why did I sell him that will be my worry um, I, I know recent points suggest otherwise but there's no way I can argue that Salah's worth like three million more at him based on the strength for the two Tottenham mm. obviously at the moment going to struggle because they haven't got good squad depth but starting 11 for starting 11 there's probably not much in it between Tottenham and Liverpool when you're getting a, one, someone that plays through the middle for three million less than someone that plays out wide uh, you won't convince me otherwise for now that the, the price difference between him and Salah is worth it. I say I know returns wise Salah's massively outscoring him right now, but you like to think these things even out right over a season. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Um, let's move to Craig. Uh, just before I do that, Spartan said Palmer has just scored a penalty and got an assist versus Man City. The penalties may be fortunate compared to other teams, but he's vital to how Chelsea are playing. His price is what puts people off. I would say that's true. Mm. Yeah, would he have more points than Matoma Diaby and and like if you took the penalties out? I know you, penalties are a part of football, so you can't just completely discount them. But his scores have been inflated by the penalties, and you can't rely on them. Right? He's had a very high number in a very short space of time. Um, maybe Chelsea are just that sort of team that are capable of winning a lot of penalties. They've got a lot of pacey players that want to run in behind that might get fouled. So yeah. I, I I still think you play the fixtures more than. The penalty taker right now and for the next three four weeks at least there's probably up midfielders with more upside than him i would say from open play cool um but we'll come to, there's a question on my um on my notes slide in a minute which kind of maybe okay. discusses that a bit more um Your team. yeah this is my current team so two brentford keepers two arsenal defenders and, and guayhi um matoma salad diaby son saka harland alvarez reasonable bench Nice to actually spend no money on the bench. It's as cheap as you can get with actually playing players right now on my bench, I think. Brentford's some keeper and an archer, the cells and and Taylor. I've also got two free transfers this week, so God knows what I'm gonna do with this team. There's no urgent fires here, I don't think. Um like we've been saying, Martin Embuemo is my next sort of main transfer target. Do I just do it now rather than burn a transfer and sell Matoma because he's not guaranteed to play minutes? Sell Diaby because his fixtures longer term are worse than Brighton's. Um, even though Brighton ain't got uh, Tottenham ain't got much defence right now, so maybe he'll do well in that game against Tottenham. Um, but that seems like a logical transfer to me to try and get Embuemo in now. The other mm-hmm. option is to try and manoeuvre my defence around to get towards a defence that I'm hoping to get towards in the in the midterm. So I'm hoping to get to Akanji, Gabriel, Saliba, Lascelles, and I don't quite know who the fifth defender is going to be yet, but. I don't quite know where I stand with with Guayhi. Do I want to keep him? I feel like most of my team is full of like top six players. He isn't one. Um, so in terms of weakest player, not that he's especially weak, but I, could I find a better player? Could I get a, um, a doggy back in, for example, for a similar price? Tottenham are a better team than Crystal Palace. Um, I could mm. do that, but then Guayhi is probably got guaranteed minutes over the busy Christmas period where there's going to be a lot of rest and rotation. So... Should I be keeping him with that in mind? It might be quite handy over December to have them, them 38 game week defenders that play like every minute of every game. And I think he's probably one of those for a reasonably yeah. good defence. 
So I've got that to deal with. I say he could be a sell, but there's reasons to keep. Um, Embuemo transfer could be brought forward, but he's got a worse fixture than the midfielders have already got. Should I wait a week? Is Alvarez justifying his price? Man City have scored about 10 goals in the last two weeks. He ain't got any of them, even though he's meant to be a striker. So um, should I be moving him on to someone supposedly better? But is there better than him for like 7 million? He's playing for the best team in the league, right? He's just scored 10 goals in two games. Is that just variance and bad luck? But where Darren was saying Sun's frustrating, I'm finding Alvarez quite frustrating. Um, so should he be sold? So there's some of my sort of upcoming decisions, but so I could conceivably burn a transfer looking at this team. <laughs> <laughs> you could, and, and 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 I'd potentially, yeah, <laughs> you, you really could. Let's have a look at your uh, what you set yourself because yeah. it comes with the team as well. So yeah, so. Matoma to Embuemo is booked in really for game week 14, but do I just bring that forward? Um, how do I get to a Kanji? My, my route at the moment is in a couple of weeks to sell Diaby down to Palmer to get the midfield five that everyone's going to have, and that will free up enough money then to move Charlie Taylor up to a Kanji. Um, and Man City's fixtures get good around game week 16. I'll then have a, a Man City and two Arsenal defenders and a Newcastle defender, so four defenders from the three best teams in the league. And arguably four fairly safe ones. The cells will be safe, I think, till um until Botman comes back. Akenji should be fairly safe until Stones comes back. And then Gabriel and Saliba look like they'll play the majority. So is that is that a defence I should be aiming towards now? Four from the, the best three teams. Um and then the fifth defender's obviously flexible, depending on budget, just keep Gwaihi there because his um his minutes are secure. Yeah, but is there a better second striker than Alvarez? It probably is, but I think people will start fading off of Watkins now because Villa's fixtures will turn a bit weaker than they have been. Mm. Um, I don't know who I want if I move off Watkins. And then this question is quite key, I think. Are we at a point where we can just pick seven penalty takers? So midfield, we can have Salah, Saka, Son, Mbwemo and Palmer. That five midfield that we keep talking about, all penalty takers. Haaland, get another striker up front with him who takes penalties. Trying to think who the, the logical one is right now. I'm sure there is one. Lanky that uh, they haven't had a penalty for like two years or something. <laughs> <laughs> you may, maybe go with Solanke up front with Haaland then. Yeah. And then obviously defenders, so I don't think there's anyone that takes pens from, from memory, but it's clearly possible right now to have seven, eight attackers all take pens. Mm. And it, and given considering how many pens seem to be being given, I haven't got an exact count on if there is a lot. Um, is that just basic rather than trying to faff around with Matoma doesn't take pens got not guaranteed minutes even though he's got good games are we just missing a trick by just not having a penalty taker and just playing them all the time mm-hmm. um, yeah, good and then yeah looking towards maximising game week 18 I'm going to free hit that week so I've already sort of I can attack without fear of having issues in game week 18 so I can load up with Man City Brentford and I intend to because others that are not going to free hit will be looking at their team and thinking I'm not going to bring it Men City's players in for 16 and 17 because I can't have them in 18, things like that. So just having one okay. eye on that part of the planning argument to have a plan for yeah. game week 18 now and even beyond game week 18 with Asia Cup and AFCON and stuff as well, you might want to start having rough ideas around what you want to do around that time. But there's some of the things that are currently on my mind around sort of my upcoming transfers. Yeah, yeah that's interesting that because I've already got Fleppin and Pinnock and I'm going to add and Waymo. Um, and they've got a blank game week coming up. Yeah, so maybe I need to start looking at that. Yeah. <laughs> Bloody flacking as well. That's a good point. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, like, yeah, say, yeah, I'm going to commit to the free hit, uh, free men. See, the fixtures from Brentford and Men City, either side of 18, are both very good. And it might be a way to steal an edge. I know when you play a free hit, you look, you tend to look at it as a one-week thing. 
how many points did I get over the non-free hitters? But in this case, because we could have more Man City and Brentford players around game week 18 as well, mm. maybe you could argue that the, 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 the upside of the free hit is is maybe three or four weeks because of you could have three Man City players in I think they've got Luton and Crystal Palace in 16 and 17. Yeah. Yeah. People have only got one now. They may be a bit reluctant to add another two to that. I don't think they're going to mess around in those games as well, Man City. Like they're going to want to put points on the board before they go away, aren't they? So they're not coming back, you know, like nine, twelve points behind. Yeah, so, and they've got yeah. a double on the other side of it as well, which you could have six mm. players from. Yeah. Okay. Well, worth having. I know we're oh. away away from that, but it's worth having it in the back of your mind because it it may influence your transfers now. Yeah, I mean, uh, going back actually, I, I, I sorry, I didn't mean to press forward. Um, your your question is there a better second striker than Alvarez? That's that's one I keep coming back to for myself as well. Um, genuinely, don't know. <laughs> At least he's playing right for a good team with Darwin, with Ferguson, with others in Ketia currently as well. You just don't, you can't trust them for the minutes, right? Watkins no. is good because he plays. Yeah, but it's a little bit expensive, and the fixtures are getting a bit worse. It really um, ought to be Hoyland, didn't it? It really ought to be Hoyland. Plays every it, week it, up front it, for Manchester. <laughs> but um, yeah, like funny how not one of us have mentioned getting any United assets in at all. Uh, I didn't see the Luton game. Was he involved? Did he have a lot of chances? He just... had a couple. He had a couple of big chances. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I think um, the time will come for him. It's the patience argument again. Yeah, he scored because I've been watching Man United's Champions League games. Like. To be honest, I can't. I can't tell you what the last league game I, I, I sat through Man United was, but I have been watching their Champions League games because there is actually some jeopardy in their group. And I think he looks really good, and he keeps bloody scoring, but he just <laughs> he's just not not doing it in the league. I, yeah, it's frustrating, but uh, it's very frustrating. He was one of my uh, Sky transfers, so um, yeah, it's really frustrating. <laughs> yeah, so maybe he is. Maybe uh, maybe it's next season for Hoyland. <laughs> we'll talk about that next season. <laughs> um, <laughs> cool. Well, that's that. Thank you, everyone. Appreciate it. Thank you for everybody who tuned in tonight. There's, there's quite a few people, uh, which is nice to see. Um, hope we kept your minds floating with FPL <laughs> thoughts uh, as we head into an, uh, an international break again. <laughs> I bloody hate these <laughs> things. After this one, that's it until like start warming up for the Euros, isn't it? So, it, it? It is, to be fair. This is the last one, guys. You know, we can do the best of biscuits, movies, cake, you name it. Let's just get it over and done with. And then uh, we'll crack <laughs> back on with the football. Uh, yeah, there it is. Uh, all right, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you for your time. And uh, uh, maybe we'll do something else this week. I don't know. But we'll be back otherwise on Monday again. Uh, with our with our FPL preview. Yep. Yeah. All right. Hopefully none of us made any transfers before then. Um, I absolutely yeah. will not be making any chances. <laughs> that was directed at me, I know. Cheers guys. <laughs> Cheers. See you later.